Welcome to the Life of Love podcast, where we'll begin to critically examine the spiritual realm and just discuss common practices that are problematic within this community. This podcast features a wide range of guests who share their own experiences within their own healing journeys and how they came into conflict with the general consensus within the mainstream spiritual realm. We'll also discuss different tools and techniques to really help empower you so that you can begin to build the most important relationship you'll ever have in your life, that relationship with yourself. Now, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. So I'm so excited to be able to have you here today to talk about something that has a lot of deep significance for me. So welcome here, Tammy. Do you mind uh, telling a bit about yourself and what you do? (laughs) Yeah, I'm Tammy and I am a tarot reader. Um, I channel messages. I don't know, you know, there are a lot of ways to describe what I do, but I guess I'm just sensitive to the energy of people. And by being sensitive, I'm able to give through messages that they need to hear. Not always what they want to hear, but it's not how it works. But that's me, I'm Tammy. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I know that can be one of the more difficult things with tarot readings and what you do is telling people sometimes messages that they might not want to hear. And I think that relates really well to what we wanted to talk about today with Twin Flames, because I feel like there's a lot of different competing ideas and definitions and ways to describe the process. But like for you, how do you define it and what have you like kind of uncovered with it well there was a time that I really thought that I found my twin flame he was the one you know there were so many coincidences that was so magical and then it all turned you know completely the opposite and things were went bad and it was a toxic relationship and I think that that's where things you know might go wrong I mean wrong is a hard word but I think that a lot of people are confusing a karmic relationship for a twin flame relationship because twin flame relationship should be the highest love of all you know the purest the, the most you know the divine love and you cannot tell me that that is that shit supposed to hurt you know so I think that's in a nutshell what I think about it <laughs> So what, what do you think is a karmic relationship then? Like, what is your understanding of, you know, the different things or different um, kind of ways that a karmic relationship forms? A karmic relationship is, in my opinion, uh, a sort of a soul contract that we sign before we come to earth. It's also linked to past lives and unhealed things. And a, a karmic relationship is, is, is just is here to help you um learn a lot about yourself refining yourself rediscovering yourself as a child we get we we grow up with the ideas the beliefs and traditions you know that that our parents were brought up with so in a way you're already shaped by the ideas of you know your family and the people around you and i think in puberty you really start to discover yourself and then Later on, there are all there are social standards and social. Um, how do you say that? Social, um, like kind um, of customs or norms. Yeah, 
Exactly. And, and there are a lot of pressure from society, you know, to fit in a certain place in life. And I think that that's when we stumble on a relationship that feels right and, and is according to, you know, what most people around us are saying is right. But it turns out it's it's not. And I think that a um, karmic relationship is purely here to learn and rediscover yourself, heal and see past limitations that have been um, taught you or you have taught yourself, I think. That, that's really interesting because, you know, I really resonate with that, especially because what I thought was a twin flame relationship for me more resonated with your definition of a karmic relationship and those deep kind of lessons with that. Exactly. A lot of, I don't know, it gave me a lot of perspective, I think, on who I am. I mean, if I look back at my relationship right now, I have, I've learned so much about the things that I thought I wanted, but in fact, were the total opposite of what I really wanted. It was more created out of, I don't know, past traumas, you know, like the, the pain that we were, that we had to endure or grew up with or the challenges we faced. I think that that's kind of what shaped me, you know, in, I don't know, finding my karmic relationship. Um, so what were, what were some of the struggles that you had with this journey or what were some of the struggles that you had with this relationship and this kind of paradigm in general? Well, the struggle personally is really, was really seeing that whatever I was in wasn't healthy. And the struggle for me was really realizing that it wasn't healthy, but also taking the step to end it because it's, it's really a conflict between love and you know, between the heart and the mind, because you know, it's not healthy, you know, it's toxic, and you know, you need to get out of it, because things won't change, things won't get better, no matter how much they say they love you, things will always stay the same, because in the end, it's a cycle that keeps repeating itself. But what do you think? See, for me, it was very similar to that, because I had a lot of issues around the whole twin flame paradigm completely always telling me that if I just wait, if I'm just patient, I just have to heal myself and she'll come back, that they'll yeah. come back to me, that it's a matter of me working through my own stuff in order to get to this relationship. And it was a really big issue because in one hand, it was really good. Because, you know, I had to deal with so many deep wounds, so much abandonment, rejection, some of these things that have been with me since my childhood from a lot of neglect, from a lot of different things. But the more that I healed, it kind of, you know, related to where you said about your heart and your mind. And I really had to start feeling my heart rather than my mind, because my mind kept telling me that if I just wait, if I just am patient, that she's going to come back, that she's going to love me more, we're going to build this beautiful relationship together. But the more that I listened to my heart, the more I found that all of that was bullshit, that all of this was this societal programming telling me that, oh, I just have to wait, I have to be patient, but she never was going to come back and she still hasn't. 
And I could be waiting for the next 15 years of my life for this person that's never actually going to come back. And even if she does, and even when she did, she never showed me that love that I truly deserve, never showed me that reciprocal love that it was always a one-way street. Exactly. And I think that that's often and for everybody the same biggest lesson of all, learning to love yourself. Because if we truly love ourselves, you know, the, the way our, our mom, for example, does, or, you know, someone very close to us, it's special. You know, you never allow someone to treat you the way that, you know, your karmic relationship does. But yeah, it, it, it's, you know, there was a time when, when, when I broke up with, with my karmic that I even thought he was my twin flame, twin flame. But I think later on, when I really started to do research and reading into it, and just following my own intuition, because let's be honest, how can love be that painful? So love is supposed to be love. It's supposed to be pure. You know, it's supposed to be innocent. It's supposed to be, you know, I don't know, beautiful. How can it hurt? You know, that's just, I cannot wrap my head around that. So that's, I don't know, to come back at, you know, why we're here. It's not, I don't think that's a twin flame relationship. I just don't because if love is supposed to hurt like that then I'm like I'm good alone <laughs> yeah nope no I really like that because that for me too you know really resonates deeply for the love that I've started building for myself doesn't feel the way that it felt when I was in these relationships when I was you know stuck within this kind of paradigm waiting for someone that that love no more has that pain that hurt so you know i think you have a very interesting perspective as a tarot reader because in a way you're kind of witnessing what's going on within this whole twin flame paradigm from a different vantage point so like what are you witnessing with regards to this twin flame paradigm as a tarot reader it's the thing is, is it's being portrayed as you know the karmic soulmate is being portrayed as a twin flame so a lot of people really are thinking that the toxic relationship they're in is um, their twin flame telling someone that is not ready to hear that will not work so it's very hard as a tarot reader to find ways and get creative, you know, with, with spirit and with their guides and their, their, you know, their ancestors to bring a message across. Because how can you bring across a message that someone doesn't want to hear? So sometimes it's hard, but overall what I see is that it's toxic. <laughs> it's I'm sorry, but I really don't have other words because it's always the same question. How can I get him back or how can I get her back? You know, it's it's not about themselves often. It's it's all it's it's sort of an obsession, you know. It's like see a lot of desperate women and men begging the universe for their for the return of their twin flame being a karmic relationship. You know, they're talking about a situation that is really unhealthy, but deep down they feel, you know, that it's their, their person, their one, and they're meant to be. So it's all, all the questions are often linked to how to get back to, to each other. 
but rarely the questions are about themselves. How, what am I not seeing in this situation? How can I heal a part of myself? It's a little bit, how do you say that in English? Superficial, if that makes sense. I love how you said that because it is, for me, it does feel very superficial because I know for myself that when I was in the depths of this journey, it was never about me. It was never about what I could do. It was all about every single day I had to do something in order to bring her back. And I had to keep asking for advice of what I need to do in order to bring her back. But it really, at the end of the day, just enabled that deep codependent wound within me, that need to constantly be more codependent because I felt so incomplete by myself. I thought, okay, if she can come back, this will be that completion of this one soul, that I'm not whole as myself, that I'm not this whole person. I need her in order to complete me. And it really became very, just made me lose power, made me lose you know, everything inside of me because everything was dependent on her. Yeah. You lost control there for a little. I, I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. It was also always about him. You know, how could I make him happy? How can I make, you know, the relationship work? It's 15.55. So a lot of fives in the clock right now. So change. Change is Lots coming. Change. Beautiful. Let's hope that this conversation brings some changes because I really, you know, I cannot stand on the idea that, you know, people are settling for something toxic, something unhealthy when they deserve, you know, real true love. I mean, there's always, I mean, we also have soulmates, you know, the primary soulmates that are here in our lives and are, you know, meant to stay for a long period of time. And I also think that we have secondary soulmates, you know, those that we meet that come in and are out our lives, just, you know, to teach that one little valuable lesson that we needed to learn or that, you know, one, you know, one day I was walking down the street and there was a guy and he was like, he exactly knew where I was with my teenager because she was in front of me. So we started to talk and he gave me the advice that I really needed to hear by then. It's also some, you know, a soulmate, someone who's coming by, who brings along a message. So, you know, that's, that's the secondary day they come and go. So I rather choose the primary soulmate who I am, you know, supposed to be happy with and, you know, who's more, who's not toxic <laughs> over a karmic relationships anytime. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that is one of the painful lessons in that because you know for me i feel like this paradigm really teaches you in a way in a sad sadistic way what love truly is and what relationships truly are but it is really difficult when you're caught up in the moment so for you then like what does a healthy relationship look like for you like what would for me this personally actual, yeah for you personally well, personally, I really love freedom. I really need freedom. And that's something that I thought I didn't need. If you ask me, I mean, 20 years ago, you know, I wanted to be married, have kids. And, you know, I, I, I tried it all. It didn't work. And now I realize that I really need my freedom, my space, my me time. 
because it's it's what I need. But besides that, I really need you know respect and and love and I don't know fun, <laughs> joy. You know, don't really. I need someone I don't know who's how cliche vibrate vibing on my frequency. You know, it really gets me. But also someone who's the opposite of me because I'm you know you need to learn and you need someone to challenge you. You don't need someone I think who you know agrees with you on every on everything. You know, but what do you need? For me, it's very similar but i've always you know wanted someone to grow alongside me someone to challenge me on the things that i need to be challenged on especially because i'm a stubborn taurus and i really need that push or i need someone to kind of fuck up my foundation every now and then but to just connect with on those deep levels and it's you know interesting because i thought that i had it with this twin flame dynamic that this karmic that I thought was a twin flame and you know all the signs were pointing that this is the one this is what I've been waiting for but the more that I took a step back from this world and from you know everyone saying all these things that you just have to wait 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 the more that I started seeing that she actually didn't align with what I need in a relationship with what I've always kind of desired and dreamt of well said. What is your vision of love? I mean, as a person, what is your idea on love? You know, it's interesting because every single time I think about what love is, I keep coming back to my dog because no matter what I do, no matter what I've done, no matter what's went on in my life, she doesn't fucking judge. She doesn't think any different. You know, even if we get in a fight in the morning because I told her, no, don't go jump over that fucking child. Don't go run them over. She still comes right back to me and kisses me and gives me a hug. She still sleeps with me every night and is there. And every single day when we wake up, she's so excited to be there with me. That that love is just so pure and genuine. And I truly think unconditional animals, yeah. exactly. It's so unconditional. It just is something that it hits deeper in your soul. It's something that is just always there and never moving and just constantly that adoring and just those feelings. And it's something that, you know, I really think animals can help us understand what that love actually looks like. Exactly. And I think that a twin flame relationship is the feeling that we feel for our animals because we both love animals a lot. You know, that's what we love the most. And I think that a, a soulmate relationship is, is that feeling amplified. And I'm not saying that a twin flame relationship is, so, you know, always happy, you know, you know, roses and sunshine and bullshit, but it also has its ups and downs. I mean, every relationship is work, but a twin flame connection is there i think to you know battle the battles together if that makes sense you know form a, a union together and help each other grow but also be a mirror by showing the other um, you know the other way of what they need to see if that makes sense that does so do you think then that like Twin flame relationships do exist, but they're just more rare than what 
we I commonly do. think. I do. I do really think it exists. I really do. But I do think it's it's so fucking rare. In my research, I found a, a piece uh, about uh, that's linked to the earth, the angels on earth. Um, I'm not a religious person, so I don't know nothing about the Bible or anything. <laughs> so it's just what I wrote, what I read about the Bible. Jehovah's Witnesses, and it is a revelation of uh, 7.3, I think. And it, it says that there are um, 144,000 angels on earth, you know, sent by God. And those 144,000 angels are divided into 12 tribes of the sons of Israel. So it's, like I said, a rare, you know, I'm, I'm spiritual. I have a, a, a beautiful connection with the divine. I can channel messages. I can, you know, talk to my pets, if you will. You know, so I'm, I'm really open-minded. <laughs> but I'm also a very, very, very skeptic person. So I'm not sure if it's, you know, it's all true. But I do think it's that rare. Yeah, and that, for me, I think makes a bit more sense in that, you know, it's just a bit more rare. Because if you go in to different readers or you see, you know, different places on the internet of where people are seeking advice, where people are like, everybody is asking, where's my twin flame? Where's my twin flame? When's my twin flame coming? It's almost, you know, like this cool in thing that everybody wants to be a part of. And I know for me, from my vantage point now, especially after going through it, I try to guide people to stay the fuck away because it's the last thing that most people want. But it's a very, you know, for me, a romanticized and idealized and like, it's almost like this fantasy fairy tale of this relationship. And it's so tumultuous, but all of a sudden you come together and it forms this beautiful union and you change the world together, which in yeah, a lot of ways does sound quite appealing but i question whether it plays out like that within the actual you know physical world and for most people that are involved in it i agree especially with the last part you know it is it is pure and it is divine it is you know the most beautiful love there is but there's no pain that's you know in front of it you know before it if that makes sense because i think a twin flame relationship will you know in to think about the earth angels when they say an earth angel is someone who is pure at heart who probably struggle a lot in their lives because it's one of the signs you know you know um you're an earth angel i mean i've, I've watched many of videos for this research because i really didn't know what they meant with earth earth angels basically it is someone who's very pure at heart but who has to had to endure a lot of shit in their lives eventually to grow into the pure you know soul that they were before they entered the world if that makes sense so if they make it you know they will be rewarded with finding their other half to together you know conquer the world and really do powerful things together because in the end a twin flame relationship is not just you know your your lazy relationship and your every sunday dinners you know it's it's, it's a union a power couple that is really here to really make changes in the world like you know, on a larger scale. And I think that not everybody is able um, to do that. Wow, I, that's very powerful. That resonates quite deeply. And, you know, I think you really said that beautifully. So, you know, 
do you, what advice would you give to someone that is trying to break away from this paradigm or is starting to kind of question, you know, just the complexity kind of of it and the toxicity of the twin flame paradigm? I can only talk to those who are willing to listen. <laughs> you know, we've been through it. We know that there's always a point that we just don't want to listen because it's what we feel. So it is true. So to those that are willing to listen and do see that their situation is not healthy, I think, you know, that's the first step, you know, being aware of your, your relationship and how it's not healthy and how it's not working out. The second advice is really, I don't know, just go within, you know, have some time for yourself. Really, you know, kind of turn off social media, people around you, just really take some time for yourself and really go deep. I mean, I have a ton of Scorpio placements, as you know, so going deep is something that I advise everybody to do, but it's hard, you know, because at the, at the time, you know, what I'm advising is to really see your own flaws, to see where you failed. Uh, yourself not the other person of your relationship but how are you failing yourself at this moment because that basic psychology is that people will only change when they really want to change there's no other reason because they just don't change if someone asks them or you know so you can only do this when you really want to change not for someone, not to save your relationship, not because your mom or dad wants you guys to be together or whatever reason. You know, you really want, you really need to change if that's what you want. I really like that because I know for me, it resonates quite deep because at the time I thought I wanted the change, but I wasn't ready to uncover that deep underworld of where these wounds came from I know you know what just came up for me was one of the healers that I'm working with she said originally when we started working together a few years ago was that there's a deep sunken pirate ship she got visions of this deep sunken pirate ship within my energy and there's a whole bunch of shit in there that's ready to come up but it's not there yet and that I need to go in there and start uncovering what beautiful treasures are going to get unlocked once I start opening up these doors. And it took a long time to be able to see. And I know that as time went on, the more doors that I kind of opened up, the more that I was able to see, again, what love actually is and what these relationships were for surface value. Because I think, you know, if you were to talk to people that weren't spiritual, I know that when I used to talk to people that weren't spiritual about this relationship, they would call me fucking crazy. They're like, man, this is the most toxic fucking relationship I've ever had in my life. This is, you know, does not sound healthy. This does not sound good. What the fuck are you doing? I know. And you get stuck in the spiritual realm. I'm like, well, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I'm able to put up with this abuse. I'm able to put up with this toxicity because this is like where the growth is going to come from. This is where all these lessons are going to come from. And it really, you know, wasn't until I was able to uncover a lot of that deep subconscious stuff that had come from my childhood, that had come from all sorts of places that I was able to see 
on surface level what these relationships actually were. It's like a puzzle piece, you know, falling into place. A lot of emotions, a lot of thoughts, you know, a lot of, you know, experiences that you feel that are starting to make sense, you know, behaviors and patterns and routines that you learned yourself along the way during your relationship. And you finally start, you know, finding the pieces and where it belongs and being ready to heal. Let me ask, do you, what do you think of twin flames? Do you think it's possible or do you think it's just a myth? For me, for what I feel deeply, I do think it's possible. I do think that there are some souls that have come here to help heal the world together, to help make, as you were talking about, those big, almost paradigm shifts to really alter the whole structure of the world because if you look at the world right now like it's fucked you know we have rising inequality we have so many people that are unable to afford basic human needs with housing and food i know we it's, um, it's can, we can cover a whole whole episode on this one <laughs> yeah and that's kind of the thing is that everything's kind of falling apart right now and that for me creates kind of a pathway for this change to kind of happen and i think that there are a lot of special people on this earth that are paving the way for us to shift out of this bullshit capitalistic paradigm and into something new but i agree i don't know if it's as common again as people think that i don't I think that there's as many relationships as some people like to think because, you know, it's just, again, it's so idealized that I don't think that it happens. And the same as you said, that I don't feel like these relationships, because if you look into and you start researching what a twin flame relationship is, they often say that there's seven different stages, right? There's the yearning and thinking about them then all of a sudden you meet and there's this intense connection you go through yeah. this honeymoon phase and then you go to the separation and then you have this deep healing journey and then you come back and i really mm -hmm. don't believe that true twin flame relationships have all that bullshit i think that exactly. there might be yearning and i think there will definitely be a meeting at some point but i don't think that the energy is so intense that they run away i think a true twin flame connection together. is that it sticks exactly yeah. that these two souls come together and they don't depart after that because there is you know such deep healing that they have both done prior to that there isn't this bullshit separation phase that people go through you know i've worked with lots of people that have waited 5 10 15 20 years for this fucking twin flame to come back and it's just like it, to me, that really isn't love, that you shouldn't have to wait for someone to come back in to your life, that yeah. that true love, it's the same with my dog, she only will go 1520 feet before she feels that anxiety and comes right fucking back to me. You know, she's not going to all of a sudden, because I told her, no, you can't have any treats anymore, run away and take off for a year, two years, 10 years, 15 years, and come back into my life when we're both ready, that it's only going to go so far. And I don't feel like a lot of that stuff kind of, you know, plays out within an actual twin flame relationship. 
I agree. That's what I meant, you know, with all the bullshit, you know, before. Because in the end, as they describe it, it's this beautiful, unconditional, pure love. Minus the bullshit. <laughs> no, and I, I completely agree with that because I do think, you know, like you said, all relationships have learning. All relationships require growth. No relationship is fucking easy street. And just, no. you know, it doesn't matter if you're twin flame or karmic or fucking whatever. There's always going to be struggles and different challenges and stuff that comes up that really helps you grow together. But I don't feel like they have that bullshit, even with, you know, a beautiful romantic soulmate, a primary soulmate in your life. You don't have to deal with so much toxicity all the time. You don't have to deal with all that narcissism that, you know, completely yes, goes I mean, to you, the emotional abuse, yeah. the sometimes even other forms of abuse. It really doesn't, you know, entail that relationship that there is at the end of the day, that love that keeps coming back and forth because, you know, to go back to earlier. That's not I the really, definition of love. No, it isn't. And, you know, for you, then what is the definition of love? For me, I see, you know, divine love. I see it as a, if I had to describe it, how it looked, it's, it's this pure white light. It's soft. <laughs> I don't know. It's gentle. It's innocent, you know, like a kid, you know, that sees things like a puppy. It's, I don't know. I think that's the best way I, I, how I would describe love it's light it's light in the you know the weighty kind of light but also light as in bright it enhances you know someone it accepts and deals with the flaws because you know flaw is also what makes you you I, I'm single for a very very long time and I even asked myself this morning you know, what does it feels like, feel like to be in love again? <laughs> so that much of a love experience I am. But, you know, I think that's how I describe love. How about you? I think, I think that's really beautiful. I think it's something similar in a lot of ways that it's just, it's a home kind of feel because, you know, it's interesting that when I was in my undergrad at university, I took a class, a philosophy class that I love philosophy and it was sex, love and death. And everybody takes it because it was an entry level class and easy credits, but also it's got sex in the title. So everyone thought, fuck, yeah, this is going to be the greatest philosophy class ever. We're going to talk about sex. It actually was talking about gender, not doing it all the time. So a lot of people were quite disappointed, I think even myself included, but where it really blew me away was the definition of love because we still to this day do not have a clear definition of what love is it's so subjective in so many ways and it isn't something that can be clearly defined like i still think that it's more of a felt sense rather than something that we can extrapolate with words it's so hard to actually describe what love is because a it's very personal but b it's a feeling it's a felt kind of sense inside of us and it feels like that home because i know you know even like i said earlier before we started yesterday was really hard for me the day before was really fucking hard but every time that i really started struggling 
I would come up to my dog and I would feel that care, that love, that support inside of me coming from her. And I would feel like everything's going to be all right. Like I'm at a place where I'm safe, where I can be vulnerable, where I can be myself. And for me, that's what love is. And that's what a healthy relationship at the end of the day would entail. I agree. I agree. It's just, you know, every word has a different meaning for everybody. But you always have this saying, like, you know, sometimes words can express it enough. I mean, I know you're a Dutch person, but I think it's similar in English. But that's kind of what love is. Words are not enough. There are no words to describe what love is. And I agree, it's a feeling because it's hard to describe just as most feelings are when you feel it in that moment. You know, obviously the main, the main feelings we have, you know, like, like anger and, you know, frustration, we can, we can name it. But when it's about love, we often have a hard time describing what we feel. Which I think is very interesting because to me, that really tells us how a lot of us haven't actually felt that true love in a lot of ways or experienced it. I think through a lot of trauma and through a lot of stuff, we become blocked. In a lot of ways, a lot of people will close off their heart as a protective mechanism. I know for myself, that was one of the ways that I was able to protect myself was simply to close up my heart and not share it with the world. And it's, it's typical Taurus. Typical stubborn fucking Taurus just build up a wall and I mean, you know, takes one and no one. <laughs> but you no, know, it's a very, you know, difficult thing. And when I look back at this karmic relationship that I was in, when I look back at a lot of the other karmic relationships that I was in, they didn't contain that feeling. I thought it contained that feeling, and I thought that if I did enough, then that feeling would come back, but that was never reciprocated, that I might have been giving out that love, but nothing was coming back, nothing was filling my tank back up, that it was constantly me giving out everything and not receiving shit, not even yeah. shit. It's like putting your phone in a charger, but you know, there's no electricity to recharge it. Exactly. And it just, nothing was refilling up that power bank. And that's where, you know, love, I really feel like is that reciprocation of those feelings of that energy, that if you plug your phone into that charger, it's going to be connected to an electrical outlet that's going to give it back that you're not constantly draining everything and your battery's going to die. Exactly. Like you said, the love for my kid, I mean, it's different, of course, but I also let the love for my pets. It's pure. It's unconditional. And we have our ups and downs, but the love is always the same. You know, it's always pure. That's really beautiful. So, if someone wanted to find you to get some advice to kind of talk to you about this, where could they reach you at? Instagram. I think that's my main, uh, main social media. I'm not that, I mean, I'm, I'm a busy woman. I have a hard time maintaining one social media. So that's, it's Instagram. Yeah. At Tammy dot 
blow.tarot. I also have a website, but it's a little bit on the construction right now. When when it's right, it will be released. So yeah, we'll put that in so people can reach out. But no, thank you again so, so much. I know I got a lot from this and I know that a lot of people listening will also you know get a lot from this so you know thank you again for doing this thank you thank you for being here a new experience <laughs> thank you thank you so so much for listening to this episode I hope you enjoyed it and would love to hear any feedback that you have feel free to reach out to me on any of my social medias, Life of Love Healing on TikTok, on Instagram, on Reddit, or lifeoflovehealing at gmail.com. I hope you have an amazing day and can't wait to talk to you soon. Much love.